0: Um, this morning we are going to talk about seasons, right? and right now we're in the winter season. It's great for camping. This is my favorite time. I know you think I'm crazy. This is my favorite time of the year. The colder, the better. Last night when the cold front came in, I actually got some of my gear on and was walking outside. My wife's like, you are crazy, crazy awesome. Um, let's look at Ecclesiastes 3, uh, verses 1 through 8. It, is, it talks about seasons. Verse 6, a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Let's pray. Father God, speak to us about the season The season that we've come from and the season that we're going to. Father, speak to us individually and corporately. For your word never comes back void. And neither does the things that we are going through, good and bad. There's a purpose behind them. And we trust you in both the good and the bad. The easy, the difficult. The mourning and the dancing. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so it's important that we look at seasons, right? And it's important to ask the question, what season are you in? Right? We're in the winter season, so everybody has sweaters or flannels on. I don't think very many people came in you know, shorts and a tank top today. If you did, you're awesome and my hero. But those seasons are appropriate. And so ask yourself, what season are you in? And, and when you look at Ecclesiastes, all those different things from mourning to dancing to grieving to refraining, to speaking, to not speaking. It's important to ask the Lord, individually and corporately, God, what season did we just come from 2021? What did did you have to speak to us about there? What are we still learning from it? And then what do you have for us in 2022? And would we as God's people always be very hopeful? Would we always be listening to God, hearing from God? It's important to know the season that you're in. And then how do we move into the next season God has for us? Because it's here, right? 2022, it's here. It's here whether we like it or not. Now, there's four things I want to look at this morning. I believe the Lord just gives some wisdom in, for all believers to look at. Which well, just some things that help us move on to that next season and to move into that next season. And the first thing, it's so important as reflection in this time of year as we reflect things slow down. The first thing I want to look at is saying goodbye and mourning. 2021, 2020, for some of us, man, we're like, see you later to 2020. Then 2021 came, we're like, see you later again, right? And it's an important thing that we would do that. Some, some seasons are easier to say goodbye than others. And mourning isn't all sad, Someone's like, see ya. So there's two different types of mourning and grief. One is one that you're grieving that is gone. One is like, see you later. It hurt me. I don't want anything to do with it. It's important for healthy believers and people walking with Jesus, the bride of Christ, that we do this. In mourning and grieving, there's some pain. Raise your hand if you like pain. Don't raise your hand if you like pain. Right? I'm just kidding. Now, there's good, like you work out warriors. There's a good pain, right? No pain, no gain. So I don't work out. <coughs> Just kidding. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Now, this part in Isaiah 43, verse 18 forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, so you can't live in the past anymore. That doesn't, doesn't mean that you don't mourn the past, you don't think about, that you don't reflect. In fact, even this morning, the Lord is speaking to me just about looking at our past and grieving. Like, there's, there's sin that I will grieve and, re, and re, that, that I've, I've repented from, but the Lord will remind me, not out of condemnation, but of am like, like, son, you don't want to ever go back there again. Remember how bad that was? Remember how the enemy lied to you and you said, yeah, I'll have some of that and I'll have some more? Right? So when we're not in, in condemnation, which if you're in Christ, you're not, you can look at your past, not, you're, not dwell, you're not dwelling there, you're not living there, but you can go, yeah, that was, ouch, that was a bad season. And you can look at it in green and say, man, that was a good season too, and I missed that season, but I can't go back to that season. There's, there's, there's grieving of loved ones that, that, that have passed, that they're with Jesus now, and the Bible says they're sleeping. We grieve them. That grieving hurts, but it's a gift. If you love and you've loved, you will have some grieving in your life. You're not moving on, but you are moving forward because you can't live in the past. And mourning is a gift. Grieving is a gift. Reflection is a gift. Psalms 30, verses 11 through 12 you turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. That my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. See, I believe mourning is it's, it's a dance and it's a gift from God. Not all mourning is bad. And there's a thing in there as, as, we, as we mourn and we grieve. Those are the most intimate things. Whether you're saying goodbye to a season that you miss or you are having to let go of something that really hurts to let go of. And as believers, we can do this with all hope but also trust in Christ. Because the people, the humans that I agree with are people that I trust. And we've got to remember we can trust God with that grief. In fact, if you look at Psalms 30, 11 through 12, it's reminding us you can't have the gladness until you have the morning there's a reflection of 2021 that no matter how maybe great you are and ex- excited for 2022, look back with some, with some mourning. Maybe 2021 was great for you. Maybe you won the lottery. Woo, let's talk later. Take me out to lunch. I don't know. There's still some things you need to grieve and say goodbye to. It's an important part of our health. In learning from season to season, grieving is important for your growth. I think even like married people out there, you guys—they're married. Like one of the one of the lessons I learned because being single was really good. How many people enjoy their single life, whether it be now or when you—you you know, right? One of the things I realized as a as a young married man, almost 20 years ago, is like I needed to to grieve my single life, and that was a hard thing to tell my wife. Like I'm grieving that I'm married. It's like what? No, I married my best friend, I'm way above my status, you guys know her, like, thank you, Jesus, for grace, right? But my single life was good, I'm a firm believer, man, you know, you can't be miserable single and then expect marriage to fix you, it won't. I love being single and I love being married, but I had to say, oh, I'm not single anymore, I have to grieve that, right, I actually have to tell someone where I'm at when I go places, that took me a while. There were some things that were our first Thanksgiving, and I actually had, like, had, you know, I'd always, years past, because I was single, I would have a pizza on Thanksgiving, and I'd watch football. Apparently, when you get married to someone, they say, no, you have to go to your family's house and have turkey, and I know, it's crazy. But I had to grieve those things. And some people are, are unhappy in their married life because they don't know how to say goodbye to their, single, like, say goodbye to it, it was good, but you can't be there anymore. Right? And then you get kids. Like, we had kids. Like, I love my children. I would die for them. But I had to say goodbye to that, li- where it's just Jessica and I. And I had to say goodbye to things like seep- sleep and sanity. Right? You parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. Grieve those things and grieve the good things. Learn how to mourn the good things that are no longer there. Say goodbye to your former self. Sometimes that's an easy thing. Sometimes it's a hard thing. Sometimes it's a good riddance. Sometimes, like, man, I really miss that, but I can't, I can't go there anymore. I can't dwell in it. I can't be back there, but I can reflect and learn from it. Scripture will tell us that we are a new creation. The old is gone, and we need to celebrate it, no matter what form that comes in. First Peter 5-7 tells us, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that passage there, it, it, it takes one action on your part, and you need to cast go through the process of like, Lord, I know you know what's hurting me. I know you know what I miss. I know you know what I need to repent from or remind me of. I know you already know it, but you've commanded me to still cast it and give it to you. There's a process there that's really important for our growth and moving forward. And so this year, may you look back at 2021. What was good that you need to mourn because you're no longer there? What was hard and difficult that you say, oh, Lord, that hurt me, and I just need to grieve, and I need to cry. There's happy tears, and there's sad tears. Both are important for growth. After we mourn, after we grieve, after we reflect, the second thing we need to look at is giving thanks. For some of us, 2021, we're like, so easy to be thankful. For some of us, it's harder. Like, how many people, 2021 was a tough year, right? It was a mixed bag for me, right? It was a good and bad. I can still give thanks even in the hard stuff. That's an important spiritual discipline. Psalms 118.24 again reminds us to, that I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Like there's a proclamation. It's a discipline. It's not just how I feel. It's embraced in faith. There is power in rejoicing. Giving thanks in the Lord puts things in a proper perspective. Some of us, man, we're dealing with depression and anxiety and you need to have the discipline of spiritual warfare that just gives thanks, especially when you don't feel it. Your emotions, right? Your emotions your emotions are good. Praise God for them. Feelings are good, but they can mislead us, right? Faithful believers, mature believers say, man, I'm giving thanks because of all that God has done and all that he will do. And see, not all rejoicing comes out of a joy-filled moment or season, If you look at so many of our our, our songs and hymns that we sing, and I was looking back this week of even some that were written hundreds of years ago, that some of the best songs and hymns that we sing from that time period came from very difficult times. Raise your hand if you're familiar with the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And that was written a couple hundred years ago by a man named Horatio Spafford. Spafford. After his son died in the 1871 Chicago fire. And then he lost his business. So he loses a son in a fire. And then he loses his business. He's like, well, what am I going to do now? And he says, you know what? I'm gonna, I've heard from God. I'm going to go back to England and go, into, and go into ministry. And so he decides that, that him and his daughters and wife, they're going to go do that. And he, he sends his, his wife and his daughters off before him. And he's going to come back uh, the, the next week. But then a storm hits as they're going to do ministry and his daughters die at sea. He gets a telegram from his wife that says, saved alone. And from that grief, from that despair, we get the beautiful hymn, It is well with my soul. And so in the part of that song when it's, when it's talking about the sea billows, they roll. And he's talking about that. He is literally writing that song as he's going past the place where his daughters most likely die. And there's more songs. Just as I am was written by Charlotte Elliott. She was bedridden most of her life from sickness. So she writes, just as I am, God take me. The fountain filled with blood written by Williams Cowper. He suffered from depression most of his life. Oh, holy night that we sing on Christmas reminded us that this is our brother. It was written during a time it was very difficult, but now it's a song of hope. Amazing Grace was written to remind us, no matter how far we've been, God's grace is always there. See, great things and great praise comes out of very difficult moments. And I think of those songs and I thank God for the depth. Hebrews 12, 28 to 29 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Satan always wants to steal our praise and always steal our worship. Scripture makes it very clear that we are going through difficult times, that God is doing something beautiful in that. Don't miss the time to praise God even through the storm, because something beautiful is about to happen. Give thanks even when it's been hard. Don't lie about what has been hard, but don't let your heart get so hardened that you don't see the silver lining anymore. For Romans eight twenty eight declares this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called a according to his purpose. Maybe some of you need to be reminded of that. The season that you just left and you're afraid that it's the season that you're going into and it's hard. But good will come out of it. Trust in the promises of God. In fact, I can look back at some of my hardest, most difficult times and sometimes miss those moments. I know that sounds weird. But in those moments, Jesus was everything. Right? And I'm like, God, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to go through that moment again. No, thank you. But the intimacy, the depth. Praise the Lord, learn how to do it through the storms and through the good. The third thing. we you going to go to the next season, we're going to listen to God. Grieve, mourn, reflect. Praise God every day. He inhabits the praises of people. The third thing, we listen to God. John 10:27, "My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. We're a bunch of sheep, and our job is to listen to the great shepherd, who's Jesus, the name above all names. It's our job to stop, reflect, and listen to His voice. And I love um, like the mamas in church. Right, right you're, There could be a thousand kids in here, but you, you hear your kids cry, and you know. Like, I'm a dad. I don't have that gift. Right, and like, my kids could be crying. There'd be five kids in here. My kid would be one of them. I'm like, did my kid cry? What? Do you know the voice of God? Listen to him. He, is, he doesn't lack in speaking, but we sometimes lack in listening or knowing his voice. Some of us are struggling with maybe depression or anxiety or condemnation because we don't know the difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice. Comes a time when we say, my God would not say that. He wouldn't. I know his word. I know his truth. Right? God would never leave you, never forsake you. died on a cross, excruciating death so that you can have life and have an abundantly know his voice. He's not come out now to harm you and mess with you. That's not the voice of God. That is the voice of the enemy. And in this listening to God, say this, be faithful to the season that you're in. Luke 16.10 reminds us of this. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Right? I'm listening to God go, what season am I in? Because some of us, you know, are, are, you, are you a visionary person? Like, raise your hand if you're a visionary person. If you're like, man, I just love the next, like, you get excited you get your calendar out. Woo! I'm going to nerd out on 2022 and all the things we're going to do. Calendars don't excite me. But I do have to be careful, like, in my vision. I mean, I okay, what's coming next? What's coming next? Because sometimes I'm so excited to be faithful for the next season that God says, you have to be faithful in this one. Right? We're always waiting for that big moment. I'll be faithful. I'll be on time. I'll be present when it really matters. And God's saying, this needs to matter first. So before we go on to 2022, maybe we need to look back 2021, grieve it, praise God for it. But then, oh, God, you're not done yet. Maybe God's not done with your season. Sometimes you can't move on to the next one because you're not finished with the season you're in now. I've had to look back in seasons and go, oh, (laughs) I didn't really repent from that, did I? Oh, whoa, why do I have to keep going through the same thing? And God says, because you're not growing from it, and I want you to grow from it. Or God wants you to be faithful. The fourth thing, after grieving, reflecting, praising God, and listening to God, which we should always be listening to God. And the fourth thing is that we step out. We're obedient, and we step out in the things that God's called us to do look at the life of Abraham. And Abraham, he was Abram before he was Abraham. And in Genesis 12:1, he is given instruction. He's the patriarch of the Jewish faith and in in our, in our faith before the new covenant. In Genesis 12:1, the Lord said to Abram, "Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you." Sometimes, do you understand God's not always specific with all the details? (laughs) And that's again for your benefit and His glory. But He does tell Abraham here, you're going to leave your country, your people, and your father's house. There was something He had to leave and let go of, three specific things He had to let go of. And God said, and go out in this direction, and I'll show you the rest of it as you get there. Because you're going to have to trust in me. And if you guys know, like, Abraham started, He had to keep, like, Lord, are you sure you're there? Like, real followers of Jesus. Real followers of God are constantly walking in their faith going, are you sure? Are you That's called faith. It's just a part of it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But Abraham, he is called in to leave his country. That's his location, his people, his very community. And then his father's house, it's his legacy. And God said, leave it all behind because I have this land and this promise and this legacy. And would we as God's people this morning just say, Lord God, we, we trust you. We want to hear from you. And we want to do the things that you've called us to do. Now this isn't a vision teaching today, but I do want to talk about four things um, that the Lord has placed on my heart and our leadership's heart. Again, it's not super detailed, but the four things that I want us to start praying through. Some of the stuff we've talked about uh, in years past. And the Lord said, I'm not done with that. I'm just the beginning of doing it. So some things that we're going to do individually and corporately. The first one and we've been talking about this for a while, is that we continue to grow bigger by growing smaller. What do we mean by growing bigger by growing smaller? And for us, that's church planting in this area and regionally, and then in places like Ecuador, Clint Maggie, who left last week to go to Ecuador to plant churches. Growing bigger by growing smaller is recognizing that we need the body of Christ. And when it gets so big... And it's not very salty. Some are called to do that. Some are called to like lead these churches, that thousands of people in one room. We're not called to do that. And this time, man, there, theology, right? There's, there's a, there's a questioning that has to happen. There's a, some discipleship that just, and already we recognize we're, we're too big to truly disciple. And so we will plant churches, our call for this church body is that everyone would be in some type of small group or house church. whether If that's in Emmaus, great. If it's outside of Emmaus, great too. You need to be intertwined with other Bible-believing Christians. Some of us, 2021 and 2020 was harder than it needed to be simply because we let ourselves become isolated. If all of your church experience is hearing some dude on a mic then you got about 10% of the Christian faith working for you, right? I need and you need other believers that believe God does not change, that, that believe Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins and anyone else's sins, and that without Jesus, we are sunk, but that he was resurrected on the third day and he's coming back for his bride. I need to be cemented with other believers that remind me that there's a right and there's a wrong, that there's a heaven, that there's a hell, I need to be cemented with believers that believe there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that empowers his people. So growing bigger by growing smaller, let's continue to do that. And if you are alone in this walk, you don't have to be. We would love to meet with you and get, connecti- get you connected to a house church or small group or a group of people that just love Jesus. Number two, and this is something that's kind of new, but the Lord has just been speaking to me about it. It's the fact that we're not a museum. We're not a museum. Growing Bigger by Growing smaller, and we're not a museum. What does that mean? That we would talk to God rather than just about him. Not just the God of 2,000 years ago, but also the God of now. See, if all that I have of God is a head knowledge, right? You've taken every Bible, Bible 101 class, but there's not the power of the Holy Spirit working through that scripture, then it's just going to be a history lesson. If we're not careful, we'll live in the past so much, we'll even do that to God, that it's just about this relics of God 2,000 years ago that talked to his people, but not to the church now. And as shepherds, house church leaders, pastors, leaders, elders in this church, that we wouldn't just take people on this museum trip, boring, We'd say, let's go experience God together right? Like, I'm not talking about wonders of wildlife here. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. He is too good to put on a shelf and be the God of yesterday. Praise God what he did yesterday, but what he's doing now is great, and I want more of what he's going to do in the future, too. Would we not be a museum? Number three, orphans and widows. James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So what do we do here? We're going to go find people that are widows and orphans. No, not necessarily. What is, what is James 1.27 talking about? Somebody, The church is always to be on the mission of, and in their society, they didn't have government that, that took care of people without parents. And if you were widowed, like women didn't work in that culture. They had a really bad future ahead of them. And God said, guess what? Who's going f- to fix that? My church, my bride, my hands and feet. Right? So the church is always on the mission of who can't take care of themselves, whether, whether they love God or not, whether they're clean or not, whether they're messy or not. Like the church should always be on the mission. And that should be a relentless pursuit for this church body. Like who just needs help and adoption? And would we continue in that? I thank God, so many testimonies of it happening, but would we continue in that, Lord, we can do more. We can do more. And then the fourth thing, that we would just do good. As we share the gospel, as we tell people out, Jesus, that we would do good as well. That we would do good in such a way that our community would say, man, if May's church was gone, if this family was gone, whether they know our God or not, they would say, man, I miss them because they do so much good. Galatians 6, 9 tells us, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up, it's really easy in 2021 and 2022 to say, man, what, what good can I do? So much negativity going, I'm just going to hunker down. No, it's this time to be brave and do good. Wave at people when you're going down the road. Mess up their day in a good way. I bought a truck this last year, and now I'm a part of the truck club. And when I see someone else in a truck, I wave at them. I'm doing my part. I saw my other truck guys in the last service, like, I know what you're talking about. Do good. Be nice to people. Right? Be nice to your neighbor, even if they don't worship God at all. Like, there's just so many kind, good things that God says, man, if you just g- do good, watch what I would do with the gospel. C.S. Lewis said this. Hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought the most of the next. Right? If we believe that God is so good, and if we've read Scripture, God says, "Man, I, I want you to leave your my fingerprints all over this world, so the world would be without excuse to the invitation of God, and that people would be saved through the good works of God through the hands of His people." So this is not time to be. Full of despair or like there's nothing I can do from little kids to the elders that we'd say such a time as this. We're going to spread good in 2022 and we're not going to stop spreading good. And would it all be embraced that Jesus is king? As we close, I want to look at Isaiah 54 verse 2 and uh, the book of Isaiah is a prophetic book. Isaiah 54.2 says to enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. There's seasons where God's telling you, man, I am about ready to just blow up your world in a good way. May this be that season for us. Right? Like, we are to be people of hope. Like, man, I'm expecting God to do great things. Right? Yes, there can be some difficult stuff. Guess what? Again, like we talked about, some of the best things that we've been through had a difficult course at first. Or seemed really, it wasn't, it wasn't the course I would have taken, but God took me on it, and I'm like, praise you, Jesus, because good came out of it. Would we be prepared for more for us, for our children, for this church body? And When you look at this, it tells us to, to enlarge, to stretch, to not hold back. I'm like, yes, good, good, and good. But then it tells us to strengthen our stakes. When we, when we quote Isaiah 54 too, and many do when we're talking about new vision and new things that God's going to do, we always look on the enlarging and the stretching and the not holding back as we should. But many times we forget to strengthen our stakes. Part of that strengthening your stakes is going back and mourning and grieving. Learning to praise God. To listen to His voice and step out. It's called building character and faith. Like the enemy said, man, I have, I've got you down here. And God said, no, I'm just building up their character. You just don't know how I work. Right? What the enemy meant to destroy, God said, no, I'm going to do something good in this. His word will not come back void. And for some of us, we're like want to go to that next season without that strength of that stake. Right? Knowing that Jesus is good. Knowing that the Bible is true. Knowing that he is coming back knowing that he's given us the church and the power of his spirit, right? When you know that, that stake is just down in the ground and it's not going to move. I remember years ago, ministering to uh, this guy that was this, this leader of this atheist group. And we were ministering to him um, and he started mocking and he started challenging and he's like, man, is there, uh, is there anything I could show you that I could prove to you that your God isn't true? And I, you know, he, knew he was wanting to debate, and I'm not like a professional debater or anything, so I was like, oh. But I was like, and I, and I sat there, and I'm like, no. And he's like, what if I prove this, or what if I prove that? I'm like, it wouldn't matter, because he's done so much, because the stake, that stake is in the ground. And every time that there's a hard thing you're going through, man, there's a time we turn to Jesus and say, man, God, you're just going to use this to put that stake even more, so that tent can enlarge more, so there can be more stretching and more growth, because God is that good. As we close this morning and before we worship, I have a couple of questions to ask you because we always want to reflect on what the Lord is speaking to us about. Number one, what do you need to grieve? What do you need to grieve? Grieving in the morning leads to dancing and healing. And Maybe you're here this morning and it, some of us are going, like, yeah, I, I need to grieve that. I need to be reminded of that. Like that, that's, a, that's a gift from God. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to be sad right here because God's using this. It's okay to be sad because God is reminding me I'm not home yet. And for some of you, you're like, oh, I have not, nothing to grieve. Well, maybe you can grieve for other people. Maybe you can grieve for brothers and sisters in India that are having it really hard. Or, or places like Ecuador, which is why Clint Magger, like, we need to go to Ecuador because they're having it way worse than us, right? Like, may our hearts not be so calloused. That we're just over here doing the happy dance, forgetting that, g- that, that grief is full of grace and it's sacred. What do you need to grieve and let go of? Number two, what do you need to celebrate? And I always find people on that boat too. I don't know what I need to celebrate. I'm like, seriously? Like, start making a list. Watch it change. Your character, your mindset, your outlook, your 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 value of people and yourself. You know, what do you just need to celebrate? And we at the church have to get better at celebrating things. Look back at the Old Testament. King David knew how to celebrate, right? We need to learn how to dance again and shout again. During worship service, sometimes people are shouting, and, and if you're not used to that, it's kind of like, oh, what's going on there? Man, it's very appropriate at times. Sometimes there's time that we're, you know, I'm just, just going to, like, be still before the Lord because that's very appropriate. Other times, like, no, I am shouting because this is better than the lottery. If I win the lottery, guys, I'm going to shout. Just saying. We got something better than the lottery. It's just salvation forever with King Jesus. What do you need to celebrate? And the last, what do you need to let go of so you can move forward into what God has for you now? Abram couldn't have went into into that promised land, to that legacy lineage if he was holding on to his country, his people, or his father. He had to let go of it. And every year, every season, there's something I've got to let go of, and so do you. If we can stand, we're going to have a time of prayer and worship. Uh, there's communion in the back. We, every, every Sunday we have communion in the back for those that would like to partake in this very sacred element of reminding of, of us, of God's life. Jesus that was given to us, his blood that was shed for us so that we can have life, have hope to be forgiven and set free. So that's always back there. It's in the back by the sign that says prayer. There's also people in the back that would love to pray with you. And when I'm going through seasons where I'm looking at 2022, I'm not doing it alone. Right? I'm not going through this because I don't have to. Because I don't want to and it's not the plan that God has for me. The same goes for you. Have someone that would pray with you and pray for you for all that God has. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, fill us with your hope. Remind us how good it is to know Jesus. And all the worries of this world and the pain, it is still, it's still nothing compared to knowing you. The good in you outweighs all the bad, all the despair. Would we be reminded we were once in chains, but now we are set free? And how good it is to be free. Would we be reminded of the hope that we have in Jesus who is returning? Which means that we have work to do here and it is good work to do and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you and we praise you. Would all be found in you. Repent and find Jesus for he is close to the brokenhearted. He hears the cries of the despair and he is here to save the world, not to condemn the world. Father, we love you.